0: From the NFL. If you're Dak Prescott, individual numbers aren't enough anymore. You want to get paid? Win something.
1: To the NBA.
0: Who gives a about the Pelicans if Zion don't play? Across
1: the landscape of college football.
0: There's no such thing as a good loss in the ACC. So if you're Clemson, you better win every game.
1: And so much more. Let's talk some sports, baby. The stories you want.
0: Baseball is back. Basketball is almost back and football is on the way. You love to see it. The opinions you need. Sports is what this country needs, and I truly, truly believe that. How at your boy. It's Jay Wise. It's the drink, it's the beard, and it's the wisdom. I hope you brought pen and paper because class is in session.
1: And Nathan Drinkard.
0: Remember, make tomorrow better than today,
1: and make today better than yesterday. And you know what we're going to do. We're going to holler at you until next time, baby. This is A Drink of Wisdom.
0: Welcome to A Drink of Wisdom. With Nathan Drinker and I'm Jay Wise. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. Uh, you you know where we're located. We're on the Anchor app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, a bunch of other podcasting platforms, and the video format of the show you can find us at the A Drink of Wisdom YouTube channel. It's a super-duper late primetime Tuesday night edition of A Drink of Wisdom. What's going on, drink?
1: hey man you know what i'm saying this as you call it the super duper prime time edition we're a little late but hey this is what i say hey hey you got to respect the fact that we still out here trying to get the product out so it is what it is and that, as you know um we see what they we see what they don't we're gonna say what they want and it's gonna get this thing cracking because at the end of the day you know we got the
0: Talk some sports, baby. Let's roll, baby. All right, episode 59, we, we're going to preview the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll check on the Western Conference Finals, and we're going to react to a Supreme Court decision that concerns the NCAA. We're going to be, begin this evening with the conclusion of the Eastern Conference semifinal series with the Atlanta Hawks surprising us all and beating the Philadelphia 76ers in game seven. They won that one 103-96. to 96. Trey Young, 21 points, just five for 23 from the floor. Kevin, they got a big lift from Kevin Herter. He had 27 points, 10 for 18 from the floor. Joel Embiid had a big double-double, 31 points, 11 rebounds. Tobias Harris had 24, but they got, 76ers got, uh, didn't get a whole lot from Ben Simmons. He had five points on four shot attempts. They'd have 13 assists, so he's still doing that stuff. But it's a disappointing end to the Philadelphia 76ers season, which brings us to the question, where do the 76ers go from here, Drink?
1: Well, first and foremost, it's time to find a trade partner for Ben Simmons. Um, yeah, let going go ahead and cut to the chase. Listen, and I, I'm not trying to put this whole series on Ben Simmons, but here, here's the deal. Um, you're all-star. You got paid like an all-star. This, the 76ers, right, they should be mad with themselves, but, you know, Whatever. They have gave, given Ben Simmons everything you're supposed to give a superstar, right? And when they needed Ben Simmons the most, he gave them nothing. And I, I got it. A lot of people, they you know, Doc Rivers deserves some blame, okay? I'm not blaming Joel Embiid for nothing. I'm telling you that right now. I'm going to tell you why. This dude tore his MCL or ACL, whichever one he tore, either way, and he came back and he didn't miss not – well, I think he missed one game and then he came back and played the rest of the series. I don't give a – like, I don't care if, if, you know, Joel Embiid fell off in the second half of the, this, the games or whatever the case might be. The fact was he did enough in the first half of all those games that at least, you know, the others could have got the job done against the Hawks. You weren't playing the Nets, you weren't playing the Bucks, you was playing the Hawks. You should have been able to get that done. And for and for people to try to blame a one-legged Joel Embiid that gave everything he had in this series, that's, that's unacceptable. It's not it's not being simple. So I'm I'm I mean it's not Joel Embiid. I'm not blaming Joel Embiid. I blame Elton Brand before I blame Joel Embiid on this one. And you know me. I've been pretty hard on Joel Embiid, but in this series, I don't think it's his fault them other guys was not cutting it Ben Simmons especially how are you a max player you can't shoot free throws or you can't shoot threes and I know what you're going to say well what about Giannis well let me tell you something about Giannis Giannis might not be you know pretty from both of those areas but he ain't scared to shoot free throws and he's not scared to shoot threes yep so his percentage might not be where you want him to be but at least you know when you see Giannis, you like, all right, boom, he's gonna go to the free throw line. he's gonna do what he do. If he shoot an air ball, he shoots an air ball. But at least he's gonna go up there and he's gonna be confident. He's not gonna be Ben Simmons that get more fouls than shot attempts. What? What? Max player, more fouls than shot attempts? You You look like you about to cry out there on the court. Man. The 76ers, they just let me down. I'm, I was let down. Like, you you know it. I had the 76ers winning the East. Lucky for me, a lot of people had the Nets winning the East, and they didn't make it easy. So, <laughs> you know, look, like, I, I ain't got to hit too much because the top, both of the top two seeds got bounced, right? Um, but at the, at the end of the day, the 76ers was unacceptable. But I would be remiss if I don't at least say Man, shouts out to Trey Young and and, and the Atlanta Hawks, man. They was not supposed to win this series. I know you had them beating the Knicks. I had the Knicks beating them in round one. But that was a toss-up. So they could have went either way. This series is supposed to be a 76ers cakewalk. Instead of that, instead of it being a, a cakewalk, this was more like, hey, man, this is my last walk before I get locked up. That's what Ben Simmons looked like. He looked like he was about to get locked up and somebody was about to take his last meal. Unacceptable. So before we move on, I definitely want to just give a shout out to Trey Young, man. I think he's one of the new faces that's coming up. And I do think when we have these conversations about the likes of Luka um, the likes of, um, it was, it, I had a play in my head, but I just think when we talk about these young players, the best 25, under 25, or the, you know the next next players to take the torch and take the NBA to the next level, Trey Young should be in that conversation just as well as Luca. I, I understand people don't they they think I'm out of my mind for saying this, but at the end of the day, Trey Young just went and took out the number one seed in the East, and you can say whatever you want about the East, but Philadelphia was a real team. They was a real team until the playoffs started, I guess. But they was a real team. And they went and played a very tough Knicks team and got them out of here. You, I mean, why, at this point, why don't Trae get a little more respect? But that's neither here nor there. As far as this series went, I was sadly disappointed with the 76ers. Um, ben Simmons need to get traded. That's the truth with the gravy on it. Dot Rivers, you got one more year. You you go and blow some more crap next year. You'll be on the couch. Um, and, and Joel Embiid, listen, he gonna have to get healthy. Before, before I stop, imagine Joel Embiid this year. You was the runaway MVP. Then you got hurt. Yoki's won MVP. Then you 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 think. Okay, we got this series in hand. You get hurt. Now you're scrapping for your life. But then, not only do you come back and play, you come back and play pretty well if you take out the fourth quarter um, numbers. But you play pretty well throughout, you know, the rest of the games. And then you lose to the Atlantic Hawks. I don't know. I'm just going to leave it at that. Hey, man, 7-6 is some stuff that got to happen. But I'm just going to leave it at that.
0: incredibly, incredibly disappointing, incredibly disappointing in Philadelphia. Man, we thought, um, I think the whole year I felt even though, you know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn was getting all this love and they was definitely like, that might, that might be like, at least on paper, like the most talented big three you could, that's ever been assembled. We talked about KD, James Harden and Kyrie, but I I always felt like the way Philadelphia defended and they didn't have—I don't believe they have nothing for Joel Embiid. Philadelphia could beat them, and in the end, like that, we don't even get either one. That was—that was a that right. was series I was kind of waiting for all year, just like I was waiting for Clippers Lakers last year. We can't—we we, just—I I gotta stop just wishing for these great conference finals series because we not. Cause somebody getting. gonna
1: hold up the end. Yeah, somebody. So it happens yeah. every time.
0: Yeah.
1: Somebody gonna hold up the end.
0: And it would have been, I mean, it would have been okay. Like, because like I, I said, like on the last show, I was like, man, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's real. Like they deserve to be here. Um, they, they caught some breaks obviously with the Brooklyn's health. Um, but you know, now we just need Philadelphia. If we get Philadelphia, Milwaukee. That's going to be a real, real heavyweight fight. Right. But Atlanta coming here and spawning and we'll, we'll get to them. We'll get to them in a little bit. But I mean, Philadelphia, you know, they go up. Well, they went up two one in this series. They lost. They you lose game four. You you come in game five. And you have a 26 point lead in the third quarter. You can't get it done. You bounce back in game six, and then you get game you get game seven on your home floor, and you just not enough. And I know like, like Joe. I think if Joel M B was could was 100 percent and didn't have this knee thing going on, I think Philadelphia went. I mean, even though they should have won it, period. But I think that would have that could have been a difference because what we've seen like. With Joel Embiid not being hundred percent, is they 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 don't have a, they don't have a legitimate number two right now. I think that's that's what's got to be said. Like we we've, I've been I've been fairly complimentary complimentary of Tobias Harris this season. I ain't, I haven't said much against him. I thought he played relatively well. I even defended him in the last show. Yeah, uh, did, did. he had what five out of four out of five or five out of six games where he played really well. And he wasn't awful in this game, but an elimination game, if you shoot eight for twenty-four, I mean that's just that's just not that's just not good enough. But what it tells you is Tobias Harris is out here, at least he's gunning for something. Tobias Harris shouldn't lead you in shot attempts in a game seven when you have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons on your team. Now I get Joel Joel Embiid. I mean, he had to pick up the slack for MB, maybe because M B with the knee and all that. So I get it, even though MB gutted it out, he' 41 minutes and he gives you 30, 31 and 11. So the, the missing, the missing link to me is Ben Simmons. Like, where are you? You know, and some of the just little, the little um, statistical nuggets are just incredible. Like the fourth quarter, like where he just can't, he came and find a shot attempt. It's, uh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be some mental stuff going on. Cause the free throw shooting has just went just to, to like, I mean, these are numbers that would make Ben Wallace blush. 34%? 34% from the free throw line. And this is a guy who, like, is what? Shoots it, you know, just over 60% in the regular season. So, I mean, this is, I mean, they're Giannis and him are, like, comparable from the free throw line, you know. But. I don't, and I've never like everybody wants to say, oh, well, he don't shoot threes. I could care less if he shoot threes, but you got to be able to shoot from somewhere. Like you just, you can't, you can't be out there posing as a point guard and not have no shot at all. And like it'd be something different if like he you know, he gets fouled and goes to the free throw, and locks in his free throws. You know, I think that that would be enough. I still like a little bit more like, can you look, can you pull up from fifteen feet every now and again? I don't think that's too much to ask. But this guy, you just know that, I mean, I got, I got, I don't know for sure, but I got legitimate questions about Ben Simmons' work ethic. Some of the things that like you're seeing from certain media figures, it's just, it just doesn't paint a good picture. So, and it seems like this is a, like a yearly off season topic. Like, and it's, there's no debate anymore. Like, oh, Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons, if they can't play together, who do you let go? Well, ain't no debate now. Like if somebody's going, Ben Simmons is getting the hell out of here. Uh, and I think, I, th- I think one of the things I consider is I f- if I'm Elton Brand or, you know, one of those front office people making decisions, I would bring Joel Embiid in and I'd say, look here, what you think of Ben Simmons? Should we keep sticking with him? And I'd let, I'd, I would let Joel Embiid be involved in the conversation because this right here, this, you got to just look at something, something that you've been doing for years and I know the guy's still young. He he be twenty five like next month, I believe. But what what indication has he given you that he's gonna get better? He ain't. I, I feel like Doc Rivers showing up there. Doc Rivers did something for Joel Embiid, I believe. But if Doc Rivers can't get it out of Ben Simmons, and he's like you know one of the gold standards for modern NBA coaches in this day and age right now, who who else is gonna get something out of Ben Simmons? And like this whole thing like Doc Rivers said, oh, well, we got a plan and we're going to implement it and we're going to get better. Like, what have you been doing for the past, like, three or four years? What, what have you been doing for the past three or four seasons that you still the same player that you was three years ago? This dude is not getting better. And that's my biggest Man. gripe with him. You would like to see some kind of growth. And there's, there's a lot of things Ben Simmons does well on the basketball court, including playing all-NBA defense now. Obviously, he's a gifted passer, can rebound, can do all these things, but man, he is just—he's a liability on offense because he just will not shoot the ball. And on a team with with Joel Embiid, who needs to be—he needs to—he needs more space. You know, that's a—that's a thing that's held him back. You know, the past several years is like, and they Elton Brand did a good job. He went out and got more shooters around Joel Embiid but like Ben Simmons ain't helping with that so you know you look like if you want to post up Joel Embiid like Ben Simmons just going over there as far away from the play as possible and don't just do not get involved this is this is a problem you know and mm-hmm. th- they already got all the trade rumors in the world and all these different ideas I th- I would if if I'm Philadelphia I would I would strongly consider Getting Ben Simmons on cause I just I just don't see I just don't see I just don't see it right now and like the and Doc Rivers for all the like praise we've given him I think he that this team took steps forward this year but in the end they underachieved and now now you're looking at Doc Rivers home right now and now you got Ty Lue with a Kawhi-less Clipper team and that's where Doc Rivers came from so holding the L at both ends for Doc Rivers, not the, as, as well as he did this year. Then it didn't, didn't did not end up where he should have been. All right. On to our Eastern conference finals preview with the aforementioned Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks who beat the broken nets in seven games. Uh, the Bucks won the regular season series, two games, one, a high, pri- high profile matchup between the two-time MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo and one of the, one of the games rising stars and Trey young the bucks relatively healthy outside of dante DiVincenzo. Uh, the hawks they're missing one of their one of their young guns deandre hunter but at least in today's nba with the shortened season i mean both teams seem to be doing okay injury wise outside of those one guys apiece so drink uh what do you what do you, uh what's your prediction for this series
1: the Bucs in 6 listen I... It... <clears throat> Atlanta, you've been great. But now you're going to – I say the Bucks in six, but I got – the way this offseason – I mean, the way this playoff's been going, I would not be surprised if the Bucks lose somebody important in game one. And then it, you got to go back to the table and be like, uh, well, let's see now. If everybody is healthy, everything considered to, to – and I mean the health as far as both teams stand right now. So there's no DiVincenzo, there's no Hunter, right? If they stay the way they are now, the Bucks in six, because here's the deal. The Bucks has de- their confidence level from last series compared to the Hawks. The Hawks, for all intents and purposes, the Hawks are like, we happy to be here, because we weren't supposed to be here. Like, let's be real. here. Who picked us to be here? You, 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 like, <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Every, everything from this point right has been a bonus for the Hawks. Milwaukee, they still under the microscope because we still want to see Giannis get get you know get to the finals and show us why he was a two time MVP. Milwaukee has been a team that we've been considering a, a championship caliber team for the last three four years. Where Atlanta. They're a pleasant surprise <laughs> you know what i'm saying so with that said all the pressure being on milwaukee the hawks playing with house money essentially milwaukee has to win this series and you because you can't go lose this series to the hawks boone can't lose to um nate mcmillan <laughs> that can't happen Giannis can't come up second fiddle to trey young yeah that can't happen so with all of that said, I just don't not, I don't, I don't see the Bucks messing around with this opportunity. I just don't. They know, any, if anybody know, is Giannis, Middleton, and Budenholzer. Those three know how hard, how hard of a journey it's been to get to this spot, right? They've been taking L after L after L after L. Now you're here. And not only are you here now, you get a pretty beatable team while you're here. You just came out of a slugfest with the Nets. You won it. I ain't going to take that from you. But now you need to do what the 76ers should have done. You got to pack the Hawks up and get them out of here. I'm not. I got it. The Hawks ain't roadkill. But they're not the Milwaukee Bucks. They're not. If I asked you right now, you had to put your mortgage on a team. Which team would it be?
0: A Milwaukee.
1: Easy. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> You're not even thinking. You like yeah, Milwaukee. Why? You cause you just most people like myself, like you and I, just think Milwaukee's just a better team, and I believe that. I believe that. I believe Milwaukee's the better team. I believe Atlanta's playing with house money. I do believe Atlanta can do enough to win two games. That's why I say the Bucks in six. But at the end of the day, the only thing, in my opinion, that Atlanta should win in this series. Is three point takes and three point makes. Everything else, I, I mean, maybe they can run even with the assists. But I, I, I really like what Drew Holiday doing the assist category. He might not give you a lot in the scoring, but he he passed the rock pretty efficiently. And if if Atlanta doesn't win another category outside of like making three pointers. If they don't win, the rebounding or the assists or the turnovers or, you know, t- I don't know. I was about to say time and possession, but this ain't football. So, if they don't win those some of those other categories, this is going to be a sweep. I'm telling you right now. Because if Milwaukee was smart, I would just be like, okay, Trey Young, give us what you got. We're going to lock down John Collins. We're going to knock that crap off with Capella this who ho- herder hooter whatever he's out of here we ain't worried about him either um you know now but Donovan you know what I'm saying you better hope he's still in the slump because if he get hot you know what time it is
0: he's been he's been a little banged up too hasn't
1: he yeah right so that's probably why he hasn't been playing so well so and Milwaukee get the stick it to him because you know he was supposed to be a, a Milwaukee buck but you know what he got a little right. dicey right. mm-hmm. so Mm. they want they want to stick it to him too like hey man you, you were supposed to be a piece that we could be using right now PJ
0: you know, Tucker coming for him
1: PJ Tucker shut him on so with that, everything <laughs> said man like I just it, I couldn't go against the bucks even if I wanted to its just everything seems like it's gonna be in the Bucks' favor unless an injury happened caveat injury boom if an injury happened then I could uh, I get to revisit this but as of right now I got the bucks in six. And I just don't think the Hawks have anything they I don't think they do anything better than the Bucks but shoot threes. That's that I think the Bucks do everything else better. Floor shows. I,
0: I I agree with you. I agree with you on the the outcome completely. Bucks and six. And if that feels real generous to the Hawks. But like Milwaukee just does this thing where, God, they come out and flop around sometimes. <laughs> I, I mean, they did it in game five against Brooklyn. Like once, like once James Harden went down, like, I mean, that should have been it. Like they should have pounced on him right then. And they they could have had him out of there by five. And you just had like Kevin Durant, heroics, but then you had Kyrie go down and then James Harden come back in. He looked like he came and get it out of first gear, you know, so. Yeah. They just, God, I think Milwaukee's going to win the championship. They, they the best, I think they the best team left. Right. Um, I agree. They, I, I mean, they t- clearly just superior to the Atlanta Hawks. Like, and then, like, I don't think over in the West, I don't think, I just think Phoenix ain't ready for this. And, like, the only, I mean, maybe if the Clippers could, like, if Clipper the Clippers had Kawhi, then you have a situation of We remember what Kawhi did to him a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and that was off another 2-0 deficit. So just Clippers and Kawhi and 2-0 deficits. We're coming back. They, somebody should try to just like, hey, let, let's split real quick so we don't have to, y'all can't do the 2-0 thing to us. This is God, I, this should be like, this should be a sweep or a five or a five-game series. Because Milwaukee's just clearly better. And it's almost like the stars are aligning. You know how you know Milwaukee should win the championship? Because every series we come out here and we say, oh, they don't win this, Boot and holes are getting out of here. We're going to be saying that every single series because they just, they just, they, I mean, I mean, I know they missing DiVincenzo, but like I say, that is their fifth most important starter. So the least, no disrespect. And everybody else is ready everybody else is ready and they just I mean they got they got uh, they got a two time MVP they got a guy who's made multiple all-star teams. they got an all-defensive point guard they got still one of the you know Brooke Lopez like he's not you know you got Jokic you got Embiid and you got Gobert with his just protect the rim can't guard anybody outside the paint such a defensive beast Oh, man, he's a three-time fan. Defensive Player of the Year, submitting his Hall of Fame case as we speak, and then like you know after that you get kind of thin. Brook Lopez is in there somewhere. He's still among the most talented centers in this league that can do so many things. This is man, Atlanta. Atlanta. But the one thing they do have is Milwaukee. Gotta know they gotta like look in the mirror, and be like, yo, we we cannot lose this series. So. They, they could, they, you know, you never know. They come out and they playing tight and they doing all this just uh, clown offense where they, Giannis at the top of the key. You know the story. Giannis at yeah. the top of the key and he playing. role, yeah. Yeah, doing the two-step to nowhere and airballing free throws and all this. And Chris Middleton looked like he forgot how to play ball and Drew Holiday just looking confused. They just, I mean, they susceptible to come out here and just lose a couple games that they should win. But I just don't see. I just don't see them. I can't. I can't see them losing four to a team that they are clearly superior to. It's gonna like the. Only, I mean, Atlanta. It's gonna be Trey Young. Like how much? How many? How many? Uh, magic tricks can he pull out the hat? And it's gonna be tough because as much as like you know we've been kind of. I'm mean, I keep sitting on my couch like waiting for the Drew Holiday explosion. Like oh, this dude's gonna come out. He's about to drop thirty on somebody. It's just time. And even if that never comes, he's going to come out. He's going to play great defense. So I think like, and I know Philadelphia, like that's a great defensive team as well. But like Drew Holiday, I think is a guy who, I I don't know. You maybe go down any other like point guard. And I think Drew Holiday probably is the guy most well suited to give Trey Young some problems. So I think, I think that's going to be a really entertaining matchup. I think, you know, this is a series where you would need Bogdanovich at full strength. You would need Deandre Hunter at full strength to help on defense. I think it's going to, it's going to be like, I think they're going to have some problems with Giannis. Like, I think, I think now as we progress, like, I don't think there's, I don't think about Phoenix, Phoenix with Jay Crowder. That's probably the last dude available that can, you know, physically, you know, give Giannis some trouble. But I, I don't think, I don't think Atlanta has a guy that can, you know, give Giannis trouble. Uh, Capella's, I don't, I don't think, Capella's not fast enough. Uh, He's just gonna go around him. And I, I don't, I just, I don't think John Collins is quite big enough. And you know, and who, who else you gonna throw out there? I mean, they got some, I think they got some backup center who I can't even remember his name. And then who else you gonna, you, you gonna tell me Gallinari gonna come out in there and do something? I'm gonna go with probably not on that one. This, Milwaukee's got to win the title and they got to, they can't look ahead though. They got to, they got to maintain focus and they got to, you know, (laughs) their, their execution offensively, it comes and goes. They subject to all these big droughts, but in the end, they they are a clearly superior team to the Atlanta Hawks and they should be able to handle this one six at the most. All right, on to the Western Conference Finals, and the Phoenix Suns now have a two-nothing lead. Over the Los Angeles Clippers—they just beat the Clippers in Game Two, 104-103. An exciting finish, uh, and excruciating at the same time. That two minutes of gameplay took about 25 minutes of real life. And uh, but DeAndre Ayton with a tip, uh, a tip-in lob thing with you know the final in the final seconds. And the Suns have now won nine straight playoff games. They get 29 points from Karen Payne. Uh, Aiton had 24 points and 14 rebounds. He was 12 for 15 from the floor. Uh, Devin Booker, not a great shooting night, but he did put up 20 points. Uh, all nine of his free throws. Paul George, 26 points, six rebounds, six assists, uh, 10 for 23 from the floor, but they had two, uh, two key free throw misses late in the ballgame. They also get 19 from... Reggie Jackson and Ivaka Zubach had 14 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Drink, this is the third consecutive series that the Clippers have been down to. Nothing. Any chance that they can rally in this one?
1: Nope. Not after what I just saw. Mm-mm. They, this game, everybody that's been watching this series <clears throat> has to admit to themselves, whether you're a Clippers fan or a Suns fan, that this was a game that the Clippers had to win. Why? Because it will show that the Clippers can win a game on the road in a hostile environment. And then it will allow you to go and you know go back home with the series 1-1. And you know, we don't know if we're gonna see Chris Paul in game three. Now, I, I think it's over. I mean, if I had a broom right now, I'd be waving it all around him. It's this it's over. I think that game might have crushed. Some some mental, you know, that, that collapse. I mean, Paul George? I don't know. I don't know if he going to be right for the rest of this series, no. Missing them two free throws like that at the end of the game? That's tough, man. That's tough. Um, De- DeAndre Aiden? I, I got to think he going to build confidence off of this. Devin Booker didn't even have a good game. You still lost the game. Once again, let me let me let me repeat myself. Chris Ball was there. He's gonna come back eventually, or maybe not. Maybe he might just say, "Hey, I got COVID. I'm out of here." You boys got it. Gonna wrap it up. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like this this series seemed to be over to me, man. Because Kawhi Leonard ain't coming out of that locker room, and what what else could the Clippers do different? What could they do different that they didn't do in game one and two? I would have to know. I don't, I don't know. Paul George could have won the game. I don't know if he would have won the game, but he could have put the Clippers in position to win the game had he made his two free throws. He missed them. And then Jay Crowder, oh my. Did that, that pass? I mean, don't get me wrong. DeAndre Aiden had a handful of jerseys. I mean, <laughs> he looked he looked like an offensive lineman out there the way, way he was grabbing that jersey. Um, but at the end of the day they didn't call it and Jay Crowder dropped a beautiful dime over the rim. And DeAndre Hayden took it home, which I didn't know that play on and ran off two tenths of a second, but hey, you know, whatever, no big deal. You know, Clippers get the ball back again, Paul George catch the ball and we seen what happened. Listen, this this is bad for Paul George. That, that was not what Paul George needed. That was <laughs> this bad, that, this bad. And, and listen, I think this series is over. I said I think it's a sweep. Devin Booker, I, I don't think he's going to keep playing a game on the level of what he played tonight. So he's going to play better. Um, yeah, man. I, I, it's just nothing else I can say. Like This series, I, this is a sweep. I think this is a sweep. And, and the Suns going to do what they do. Chris Powell probably come and play, you know, one of these next two games. He might not even play both. But I would love when, when I'm done, if I'm wrong, I would love for you to explain to me how the Clippers could get back and make this a series. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm looking. The, the Suns are faster, younger, more refreshed. More hungrier, evidently. Well coached. I don't know, man. It's over to you. Like, well, tell me something. Tell me something.
0: I don't think it's. I don't think it's completely out of the question that the Clippers could find a way back, but I don't. I don't see it happening. Uh, they. They have. It, it is important to point out they've come. They've come back from back to back two nothing deficits. To win, to win series against Dallas and against Utah, uh, but also keep in mind that last year we saw Denver recover from back-to-back three-one deficits, and then the Western Conference, and then the Western Conference Finals, they got down three-one again, and that was it. You can only play with fire too, uh, so often before you're gonna get burned, and I think that's, I think that's what's gonna happen here, and um, they did. Now you do have to give the Clippers this credit they did without their best player they gave Phoenix their best shot in both of these games I think in game one you just had Devin Booker put up you know an all-time great performance his first career triple double and in this game this the, the Clippers the Clippers had this game late when you go up when you're up a point with eight seconds left and the ball and your best player right now in the game gets fouled and has a chance to hit two free throws to put you up three. You got to feel really good about where you're at. And then Paul George does the unthinkable in that situation. misses both free throws. And then, you know, Clip, uh, the Clippers, they played a really good defensive possession, you know, right on that Mikael Bridges three. And then, but then you have, you know, the 50 50 out of bounds call. The Suns keep it. And then you have the lob to DeAndre Ayton. Well, that, that's one that's, one that's going to that's gonna, um, challenge the mental toughness of the Clippers again, which they've already been challenged over and over. And I think the, the difference is here is in the short term. Paul George and company made it happen in two games against the Utah Jazz. It, it's just like, I, I can't see, I cannot, I think it's highly improbable that the Clippers can recover from a two nothing deficit with Kawhi Leonard having no impact. Cause I don't, I don't anticipate him coming back. Plus the fact that Chris Paul ain't even injured. He's just in a health and safety protocol. He need them. Back-to-back negative test. but we have vaccines. What are we doing? They still need a negative test, so I I can't see it either. It's just it's just a shame because this is it's just another example where just injuries have just marred this playoff. Even though the the game action has been great, I think we've seen some really great game action, but it's just unfortunate because you just wish that you could see you know these teams at full strength going at that at each other with Kawhi on the floor with Chris Paul on the floor. Um but yeah I do agree with you. I, I I think this series you know the Clippers maybe they can get maybe they can bounce back and get one in LA but I think this I think this series is over in five. All right we now move to the uh the Supreme Court decision uh made was it yesterday or today? It was made it was made recently where the The Supreme Court ruled by virtue of a 9-0 decision that the NCAA cannot limit educational benefits for college players as part of their scholarship. It's a narrow victory um, for uh, college athletes. Um, Goes back to uh, Austin versus NCAA, I believe. Case got appealed, kept getting appealed. Came up to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court agrees that the NCAA, um, they got some rules that just, ain't up to stuff, violating antitrust law and all the rest of it. Um, The court's opinion written by Mr. Neil Gorsuch, NCAA seeks immunity from the normal operation of antitrust laws, and that just isn't justified by the antitrust laws. Uh, Drink, this doesn't really concern, you know, name, image, and likeness, and um, you know, the issue of paying college athletes, but it is a a small victory nonetheless. where do you think we go from here? Yeah,
1: you, you know what? Before you got my wheels turning about this subject, I, w- I would have ag- agreed with you on small. The more I think about it, though, is it small? This might actually end up being a, a big
0: deal. Um, I think it's, it's small right now. It, it could we could look back at this down the line and say, oh, this was the beginning of the big yeah. of the big stuff.
1: Um, just like you referenced. From um, Paul Fine, I'm saying this is the end of the NCAA. Listen, I don't, I don't think this is the end of a billion-dollar corporation, but I do think that this is the beginning of a new way, a new way that players are approached now by organizations, by institutions. Um, we we was cracking a joke about it, but if I mean, actually, if you actually read. It does sound like now, you know, institutions can be like, hey man, listen, we would love for you to come play. Um, let, let, let's say this is Kentucky, John Caraport. <laughs> hey, we'd love for you to be a, a Kentucky Wildcat. Um, and we understand that, you know, your grades are like this. So here's what we're gonna do. We want We want to make sure that you can make the, the academic you know requirement to come to Kentucky. so we're going to get you a tutor but with that tutor comes a house so you're going to go to the <laughs> tutor's house and he's going to he or she are going to they're going to tutor you right there right but we know you don't got time to eat so in that house is a shelf that that's going to cook your meals right and then we also have a couple of um, 2020, whatever year it is, escalades that's going to take you wherever you need to go. Um, you know, because we, we don't want you walking anywhere because you need to study. You have to study. Remember, study, study, study. We, we need your academic – like, you know, I, and I can keep it going. But at the end of the day, it seems like it's a loss for the NCAA, but the, just the NCAA as an institution. It don't seem like it's a big loss for the colleges. It seems like this might be some of the best stuff that happened for college now, because you're telling me I can do certain things and as long as I can link it to an educational purpose, mm. it's gonna be legal. It's gonna be, <laughs> listen, it's some pretty smart people in these, uh, these schools. It's a pretty smart people. And they they're gonna make the unbelievable believable if this is how you're gonna do it. So um, I I do agree with you. It, it, it is a, right now it's a small step for the players, but I, I just feel like as time go, the, it's a it's a small step for coaches too, cause you, man, they already talk about how much corruption is in within the NCAA, how schools are paying players what they want. Yo, if this goes off as we read it, uh, as how we read it, this is about to get. You about to see players coming up here. Yeah, man, just got that new Lamborghini truck, man. So you know, I hurt my toe in practice the other day, and they said they don't want me walking. So I needed a vehicle, you know, wide enough for my knees to have the space, so I ain't got to put all that pressure on my big toe. So you know, they they let me borrow this Lamborghini truck. Oh, they let you borrow a Lamborghini truck from where? Oh yeah, they got a whole car lot up back there. You know, you just go out there, pick one, pew, pew, you know, get what you get, and you know, and it, like that's what I, I feel like. This is gonna get crazy. So They got the, the campus carmax back there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> hey, we we got we got the forty thousand dollars vehicles here. That's for the swim team. We got the eighty thousand dollars <laughs> cars here. That's for the football team. Oh. And then. Right in the middle, we got $60,000. Now, that's basketball slash softball slash whatever other sport that makes us some money. So, the, the, here's your picks. Go out. Do however. Like, that's how I look at it. Um, I could be totally wrong, but I know I'm making joke of a situation that, that got, you know, dissolved in the Supreme Court. But, at the end of the day, that's what it sounds like it's going to be. And, unfortunately, it, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but, if I'm a player... The news I heard today should excite me. And if I'm a coach, the news I heard should excite me. Now, I'm in NCAA. I'm mad. I'm drinking my scotch. I'm like, this is some bull crap. We're not laying down for this. But listen, like um, someone said, um, you said Kavanaugh. Like he said, yeah. you've been making billions of dollars off these players. Billions. And you have not Thought about giving them their fair shape. Now you want to get upset because you finally got to give them a fair shape. If this was the NFL, we'd be blasting them for this. If this was the NBA, we'd be blasting them for this. It took the Supreme Court for you to finally give a slid of what those players deserve to give. Because you've been hiding behind, this, this is school, this is academics, this is amateurism. Okay, okay, the Supreme Court heard you. They, they, they we about the, the the scoreboard about to get even. So, with that said, man, I, I I I'm happy about the news. I'm happy for the players. I'm happy for the coaches. And anytime they stick it to the NCAA, I, I'm not too mad about it.
0: Yeah, this is um. I need. I feel like we should have brought in a lawyer for this segment to kind of you know <laughs> wade through some of this legal jargon and all that. But I think right. the. The, the bottom line of it, as I understand, it, is, you know, this is a this is a narrow win doesn't cover, you know, big ticket issues like name image likeness. Some of the, the other, um, you know, bigger, I think, long term goals that, you know, college athletes are looking at. But uh, but it, but it is important. I, I don't think Supreme Court has weighed in on uh, a college athletics issue since the mid 80s so you have that going on and now yeah i think that the bottom line i'm reading is this decision is going to allow schools to provide their athletes with unlimited compensation as long as it is connected to the education which goes into I mean, we make i mean making jokes about the car lots and everything but I, that's why i think this is going like to the to these to the, the have schools like your power fives and like Nick Saban, he down there with the team. Like, hey, All hey right. whoa,
1: whoa, hey, right. hey, hey.
0: <laughs> no, no, but Nick Saban's down there, like with the car dealerships right now. Like, right, man, what, what you got lined up here? We gotta, <laughs> we gotta get the, we gotta get the wheels up down here, you know.
1: I gotta get the fleet up,
0: you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and the Brett, uh, Brett uh, Neil Gorsuch wrote the uh, wrote the court's opinion, but the stuff that Brett Brett Kavanaugh wrote, you know, something that I think the. Um, the player's attorney, Jeffrey Kessler, I think he's gonna be like, you know, he's, he's got bigger thoughts now. Like, oh, we can litigate more based on some of the stuff he's saying. And Kavanaugh said, the NCAA couches this arguments for not paying student athletes in innocuous labels, one of them probably being amateurism. Uh, but the labels cannot disguise the reality. The NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. Well, my lord, if that ain't damned them to hell, I don't know what did. And that's a, you know, a quote unquote conservative justice giving them the business. Mm. Um, I think. And by the way, I think there's something to be said for like the concept of amateurism. These guys, these guys are not professionals. There's levels to this. There's a National Football League, and then there's college football. Same thing for NBA and other sports.
1: Right.
0: But the problem with that is, the NCAA is. A corrupt institution. Like we we know that they don't have the athletes like best. um They don't have their. What what am I looking for? They don't. They don't have their their best, best
1: interests at heart.
0: Right, right. Th- thank you for filling that in for me. Yeah, You're they're definitely. not. They they they're not. Their interest is their bottom line. So, and we Which know is that the dollar. It the is dollar. And <laughs> and it's funny because if you actually like look back at the history of the NCAA, like you know, as as I've read, you know, a little bit on, it's like they, you know, they was kind of just a random organization that just all of a sudden started like flexing on conferences and then somehow along the way, like the the conferences started like halfway listening to them. You know, so like, I don't think like it's, they they out here with the whose line is it anyway? Like all these, everything out here is made up and the points don't matter. And they just out here doing whatever for years and now the Supreme Court is kind of cut in like that. Yo, y'all been clowning around for this long. You violating antitrust law, meaning there ain't no competition out here for you. So because of that, what, you, you got to be subject to some sort of regulation. You know what I'm saying? That's what, by the way, that's what some of these social media companies, I think down the line, probably probably should need to be paying attention to. You know, it's like, it's like Walmart. You know, they come into every neighborhood under the sun, and they run out of business. You know, all your local uh, grocery shops out the blue, and then there ain't no competition, and they can jack up the price wherever they want to. That that's the kind of thing we're looking at. Um, I think, you know, the funny thing, another funny thing to me was this: is this uh, this guy Mark Emmert, who's been running the NCAA since 2010, I believe. He has some comments. I think before. Or maybe it was in line with his decision. And he said, he's telling the schools now, like he's, you know, a position of moral authority saying, hey, y'all better act on some of this name, image, likeness stuff, or I'm going to do something. Will you sit down, please? You ain't done nothing for the past 10 years. Now all of a sudden we're supposed to buy into this thing, like, ooh, the NCAA president's going to get involved, so we better get an act together. This is. That, but but that's the problem. Like if the NC if if the NCAA was actually um an institution that like had a reputation for like caring about its athletes and having their best interest in mind and all this, like they probably wouldn't like take headshots over and over every time, you know, something foolish happens. Like the the NCAA weight room mismatch from the NCAA tournament that was like such a, right. a absolute <laughs> clown show. You know, if that ain't right. like Th- these guys just, they don't know how to stay out of the negative press. And you, I would, i hate to be in it. I'd hate to be in the NCAA PR department. They just getting it from every which way. I think, um, th- look, this is, this is a small step. I think it is going to lead to, you know, uh, more bigger steps. I think name, image, likeness is a common sense thing that uh, most people agree on. Like, you, you should be able to profit from all that. But I think... As far as like paying athletes and making them salaried employees, I think that's going to be a complicated discussion that I don't know if we're going to be ready for that for a little bit, you know, and it's definitely something it's going to be, it's going to come down to like, if you, if it ends up going that far, there's going to be, some people just ain't going to get paid because they ain't got no value. I'm sorry. The, the, the JV swim team. I mean, you're probably not, uh, you're probably you're probably not getting a lot of people to the to the swim to the uh the, the, the swim tank for that one. They ain't they not they ain't nobody just uh, you know nobody's working security at the turnstiles people just rushing in there trying to see the swim team. You know. Right. But meanwhile the the Alabama starting quarterback you can guarantee he probably gonna be he, he gonna be ne- making some good money. You know hey, there's just gonna he getting
1: his car off the the hundred grand lot. Hey we got the hundred oh. grand plus over here. That's where he gets his car so
0: it's just gonna it's just gonna bring into play like it's gonna there's gonna be a capitalistic approach to it you know like what is your value and like who wants to see you perform and like who's gonna you know get who's gonna get the the commercials you know in the local area you know what i'm saying that type of thing like some it's gonna it's gonna be where like you know us probably a small minority of athletes like really benefit and some of it just whatever scholarships and educational uh benefits they want to throw at you that's what you're gonna have so i don't think it's gonna be it's not gonna be something where you know everybody's all of a sudden equal and pay and all this other crap i don't think that's how it's gonna be which i think that that's still gonna you know leave some people with a sour taste in their mouth
1: last but not least you know what time it is it's rapid reactions a whole lot of topics a little bit of time Jay, the floor
0: is yours. All right, here we go. Milwaukee Bucks guards, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and Cleveland Cavaliers, Cavaliers forward Kevin Love have decided to join Team USA for the upcoming Olympics, leaving just one roster spot open. Uh, do you consider those guys Olympic caliber players?
1: One of these guys is not like the others and his name is Kevin Love. <laughs> no, I didn't even know Kevin Love still, like, played. Like... Golly, this is the first time I heard Kevin Love name since I don't know when. Like He's still an NBA player. That's, nice. that's crazy. And then he's going to take a spot from somebody that I actually want to watch play? That's crazy. But to answer your question, yeah, the other two guys are definitely Olympic caliber players. Kevin Love, not so much. Chief defensive end Frank Clark was arrested Sunday in Los Angeles after cops found a sub- <laughs> a submachine gun in his vehicle after pulling him over for a traffic violation. What was your reaction to that news?
0: <laughs> the same as yours? Like <laughs> laughing, we can't read the thing. Well, this guy always seemed to be like in the news for the wrong reason. Like it's, two, I think 2014, there was like some domestic violence thing, I think that happened. And then I think, I wanna say earlier this year, he got arrested, had like firearms or something like, I th- I, and I think, like, that he said or his lawyer said, like, the, the, uh, the Uzi belonged to his bodyguard, which begs the question, you 6'3", 260, why do you need a bodyguard? It's just like this dude always seemed to be uh, always in the news for the wrong reasons. I'm, uh, can we, let's, just, let's just cut it out, please. Uh, Boston Celtics president of basketball operations, used to be the coach, Brad Stevens, says every move he makes, including the recent Kemba Walker-Al Horford trade, will be made with a goal of helping Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that the right approach
1: I I like the end I I I like what he said because every move should help Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that was right but hey Brad Stevens are we gonna forget you was there when they traded Al Ho for the first time we gonna forget that part like listen and i'm not saying what he's saying is not true but brad stevens has something to do with the team not being built around jason tatum and Jaylen Brown as well so if he's gonna go undo it then you know what i mean more power to him i like it but i i, I need to see because brad stevens you've been in the mix that's not try to act like you just came from another organization or something you've been in the mix down here for a while there buddy so it sounds good let's see if you you actually you know um, carry that playing out. The New York Mets ace righty Jacob DeGrom tossed five scoreless innings yesterday against the Atlanta Braves. DeGrom allowed just one hit and lowered his ERA to .50. What impressed you the most about DeGrom's performance?
0: This dude's just <clears throat> on an, another level. Like, the, the dude looked like he almost out there playing a different sport. Like he He was really, he was about untouchable yesterday when I watched and I think the the one hit that he gave up was like a fly ball that like could have been caught but the outfielder was like playing around and couldn't decide who was gonna catch it so it just dropped in um but man like he's I mean he's out there like a, most starting pitchers don't come out there and just blaze a hundred mile hour fastball that's kind of a relief thing but he does it regularly the, the dude's slider is like 93 and it's I mean I got I watch astro pitchers that some of them like they can't throw fastballs that hard so I mean, the dude's velocity and just like he's able to locate his command is like great too. So I mean, he's on another level. And that I mean, Atlanta Braves—that's a pretty uh, solid offensive team. And I think he broke Bob Gibson's like record uh, for most consecutive starts allowing one earned run or zero earned runs. I think that's like his 12th straight. So the dude's on a different level and. I don't know. This this is a rare instance where I think he a pitcher is going to have a serious chance that not only win it, not only him winning a Cy Young, but an MVP. Eli Manning is returning to the Giants in a business operations and fan engagement role after retiring in 2019. Uh, is this going to make any difference on how they play?
1: Hell no. What? <laughs> what? B- business and fan engagement. <laughs> Yo, when you say a made up title. <laughs> that is outrageous they just made that crap up but to answer your question absolutely not this is not going to have an effect on the Giants either they're going to be a product worth watching on the field or they not and even Eli Manning can't save that so I don't this title it's it's cool but I don't think it's going to do nothing for the, the, the Giants as far as um being winners or losers on the field Cardinals running back James Conner believe he and fellow running back Chase Edmonds can be one of the best talents in the NFL. Do you agree?
0: No, no, no. And I like James Conner, but this just seems like one of them, like he got asked a question and he just started rambling and he say like, just some can, I believe we can do it statement. Uh, <laughs> but no, I just, you know, I, and they, you know, maybe, maybe it will turn out to be true. And like Burry can, you know, unlock the hidden talents and all that. But I, as of right now, I just don't see it. And it ain't, ain't no like name brand value here, like a uh, Chase Edmonds. I'm just not, I'm just not right. believing in it right now. Uh, Chauncey Billups, Becky Hammond, and Mike D'Antoni have emerged as favorites for the Portland Trailblazers head coaching job. What do you like out of those three uh, felt Oh, wait,
1: wait. <laughs> well, this is <this> easy, <laughs> Mike D'Antoni. He the only one I'd have seen actually, co- like no disrespect mm-hmm. to Chauncey Billup, Mr. Big Shot, and. And Becky Hammonds, everything. Her name come up a lot, so clearly she knows what she's doing. However, I'm going with the proven commodity, Mike D. D. Ten, and Tony. I can't even get his name out. I'm going with Mister No Defense himself, because um, I've seen him do this on a big stage. I've seen. I know what he got, so I'm gonna go with him. Minnesota Twins center fielder, Byron Button would miss about a month with a fracture with a fractured hand. Just three three games after returning from a 40 game absence with a strain right hip, big deal little deal no deal
0: it's a big deal because he's the only dude on the twins about worth watching these days and this guy this guy you know he's been like a up and coming like star for the past several years like always a great speed and played great defense but he had like started to figure out the plate this year and then injuries happen and It's just messed up his whole season. So, yeah, I I think it's a big deal. Not because, like, the Twins are any good, but just, like, he's a big-time player and really don't, I think, the only reason they're worth watching right now. Uh, Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib. He broke all the glass ceilings yesterday, becoming the first active NFL player to announce he is gay. Uh, Drink, why should I care about this?
1: Well, listen, here's the deal. Um, We we do live in a society where being gay is less, and less interesting it, it's starting to become a norm i mean we we got terms for it not to offend anybody but you know people don't be as surprised if you say oh i'm gay <laughs> okay you got anything else you got anything else for us uh, i thought you had some groundbreaking stuff here however carl nelson his his while him announcing that he was gay was a big deal He's in the alpha male business, folks. We know what NFL players are, what they do for a living. These are some of the toughest guys to, you know, know, walk the face of the earth. He has to go in this locker room after telling them he likes the same sex. Could you imagine coming out? Hey, man, I'm gay. And then you got to go in this locker room with a bunch of dudes that probably they might be somewhat homophobic. I don't know. This is a brutal game. This is a game where your image matters a lot. So the problem with Carl Nassau, he might not get as much support as he might think he will, because a lot of those players ain't gonna come out and be like, oh yeah, we you you brought up Sam, um, the guy Michael Sams earlier. Mm-hmm. We seen what happened to him. He didn't even make an NFL roster after he said he was gay or however it came out. So Carl Nassau, is on a roster. He is a, a good player. So I do think it, it, it hits a little different coming from him. And no, it's not because he's white. It's because he's just in the alpha male business that doesn't necessarily promote, you know, homosexual relations. So he's going to have to figure out how to navigate his work with his personal beliefs now that he came out public it was one thing when it was behind the closed doors now that you even got on the mic and said it now he's gonna have to balance the two so that's why i think we should care and listen at the end of the day this might be a movement for more guys to come out then it's really gonna be something then so i think we should care just because just the nature of the game and the nature of being an nfl player and what he announced let's Last one. The Detroit Pistons won the NBA draft lottery tonight. What should they do with the top pick, Jay?
0: Well, I think uh, I think K. Cunningham. He's kind of the consensus dude right now. But I, I'd keep an eye on uh, i keep an eye on Evan Mobley from Southern County. and I keep an eye on Jalen Suggs as well. I don't know if they'll get drafted number one, but I think both those guys should be kind of you know in the conversation at least. And now that concludes that concludes tonight's drink of wisdom. As always, like, listen, share, subscribe. We appreciate it all. I'm Jay Wise.
1: And i'm nathan drinker and remember make tomorrow better than, than today and make today better than yesterday and you know what we gonna do we gonna holler at you until next time baby